Hello, folks. Welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare Oddcast, presented by Denver Horror Collective. I'm your host, Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, we have Kat Dahman. Kat is a native Texan, a prolific horror writer with several presses, including Severed Press. She writes horror, has a crime series, pens historical horror, and writes true crime. A graduate of Texas A&M, she delves into the personalities of her characters and the depravity of the human mind. She has 60 novels available. Her works appear in several anthologies. She's a screenplay writer, film director, and also vice president of Horror Authors Guild. Welcome to My Nightmare Cat. Hi, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Great. Well, this should be an exciting episode because on Josh's Worst Nightmare, I invite on horror authors to talk about an aspect of biological horror, which I define as living creatures, vital processes relevant to their writing. In this episode, we're going to talk about a fan favorite, which is zombies. Hey. So what about zombies does it for you, Kat? Um. You know, they're they're one of the uh, few things that really scare me. I think it has to do with um, the whole I don't want to be consumed aspect. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, th- I think that's I like writing what really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something that's pretty common in the fear of zombies. The idea that all of a sudden we are the <sighs> prey, right? Which we're not supposed yeah. to be, supposedly. Yeah, and it would hurt. <laughs> it would. You know, it's, somebody just gnawing on you, you know, that would hurt. Right. It's not a fast, swift death. It's kind of a right. tearing apart. Yeah. It's a great point. <laughs> yeah. Of all I guess th- that's why I like them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, you think of, all right, a wolf, a werewolf, that would probably tear you apart pretty quickly. Right. A, lot of the, a lot of those things, it would be over before very long but the zombie thing it's just i mean they don't really have sharp teeth they're rending you you see in all the movies there's a lot of screaming and viscera yeah Yeah. well the human teeth you know you know don't have that tearing like you know like the werewolf or something and so that's going to take a lot of gnawing (laughs) i mean no it definitely would it seems odd though a lot of times in the zombie films particularly it's almost as if they have superhuman power though right they can't seem to walk but they can tear you apart (laughs) it's pretty hard to tear a human apart like we couldn't just like i couldn't just go to your belly and just rip it open with yeah 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 um you know that that's always you know been a thing of well you know you and, and I'm, I'm probably guilty of the same thing in my writing at times, you know, it's like somebody's arm is bitten. All of a sudden, they're just like, oh, that's it. <laughs> right. Well, you know, we're I'm, entertaining, just, so we have to do those things. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here while you finish that arm and, hey, you, come over here. You can have this arm. You know? Right. Well, I mean, but, it does appear as if they have some sort of, it's almost like a superhuman strength at that point. So I think that tracks. Yeah, and and there's a difference between the fast zombies or the sick people and the, you know, the George Romero, you know, slow version. So, you know. Very true. Right. And that's the age old debate whether or not those count as zombies. I think they both count as zombies. It just depends on what your preference. So, do you have a preference for slow or fast? 
you know, I've, I've always gone with the, the slow because I like um, the, um, you know, the fear of they're still coming at you, you know, that it's just that fear of, you know, there's two, there's 10, there, I just, you know, when they're slow, you have more time to think about it, mm-hmm. you know, what's coming and I don't know. I, I like the slow ones. Um, and people say, oh, you know, I'd be fine. Well, you know, you know, you get, you know, it's like the original, you know, uh, zombie movies, you know, when you get enough of them, they're going to press on doors or whatever, and they're going to get in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think you make a great point there in regards to it's, it's the dread more than the mm-hmm. sheer terror that is for exactly. Yes. It's that slow build and then the numbers. So, all right, one is no big deal. I can live with this, but then more and more and more in the accumulation. That's the problem. Yeah, because if they're fast, you're probably going to be taken out immediately. It's over with, but the slow are just going to keep coming. Although I will will say that I did like um, uh, Train to Busan. And I liked um, mm-hmm. the 28 weeks and 28 days. Um, I, I did like those. Sure. Yeah, me too. I, I like all of them for sure. But yeah, there is something about that slow plotting pace. I think it also helps in terms of if you're writing about it, it leaves more room for the story instead of everyone just running as fast as they can. There can be more strategy in play. It's like playing chess, right? Instead of right. dodgeball. And you don't have to be some Superman to be able to fight them. Like pretty much anyone who has a knowledge of basic weaponry can dispatch one zombie here, one another. And then even a Superman if they're 15, well, they're going to be in some trouble. Yeah. And, and when you have the slow, you have time for if a character um, is the type of a character who push somebody out, you know, save themselves by, you know, kicking somebody out, you know, to the zombies, Very true. then you have that time, you know, that time to have that character do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of room for, things that you can incorporate just into the storytelling that with the really fast things running around, like everything is just hectic. So I prefer it just slowing things down, but obviously they can be done really interesting. But I think the, the aspect that you'd mentioned early on, of course, the biting. So there's that element of infection, which is something that ties into vampire stuff and, you know, real world pandemic and stuff like that but do you think that that infection component of the zombie stuff is part of the fear uh, yeah, yeah i think we've seen it with the the covid mm-hmm. i mean uh, you know when everything started you know it, it was almost like oh my gosh it's so like from a, one of my books but you know there's not zombies there's just you know sick people you know i hope <laughs> but you know, I told my husband at minute one, I said, I'm not scared of a lot of the, the COVID aspect. I'm scared of what people, how they're going to react. And of course, then the toilet paper thing went, canned foods. And I said, that's what I was talking about. Well, that's that ties into all of the zombie films where it ends up being that humans yeah. are 
the terror on top of the terror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, you know, who you have to watch out for is, is maybe your hungry neighbor, you know? Yep. And everyone's going cuckoo in lots of different ways. So that's, that's definitely true. But I find it interesting that, so the original zombie stuff, I believe in Night of the Living Dead, it was somehow aliens, right? Wasn't it aliens that made them that way? I think it's something. I don't, I don't remember if they explained it or not. I know that some have, you know, kind of hinted at that and, uh, you know, bioterrorism and, oh gosh, you know, there's been different, you know, explanations right. through right. all of it. Yeah. I mean, it can be supernatural. It can be the, the alien thing I know came into play for something. And then, but most of it tends to be these days, either a virus or some unexplained bacterial infection, which does tie into a lot of the, the current human fears, which in many ways are realized, but just the idea of having our vast populations crammed together in dirty cities. I think that's always in the back, back of our mind. But so there's a lot that said about the symbolism of zombies and I, I don't think we need to get in that as much because that's been talked about over and over again but in terms of the physicality like i've looked at i've checked out blogs and things like that where doctors would actually talk about well here's where some of the science can come in and, and neither of us are, are medical experts but i know it's basically to do with the the neofrontal cortex the part of the brain that kind of makes us individual human personalities that goes away and then it's just that lizard limbic brain stem that's uh -huh. still operating so what what about that is so horrifying do you think well when when i started mine uh, my brother is a is a surgeon and i asked him if he could get me in touch with um you know a doctor that you know deals with these kinds of things you know just off the wall and you know so he, he did and and the doctor was actually horrified because I su had suggested um, a prion disease mm -hmm. that piggybacked a virus mm. and he said he, he just got kind of funny and he was texting my brother like are you sure she's okay <laughs> and my brother said yeah yeah I mean why and he goes oh god she scared me to death and so then he went back to talking to me and he said he said that's the most horrible thing I can think of <laughs> he said but theoretically it might be possible if it were man-made he said oh my gosh anyone would talk yeah. about this and he uh you know that that was his version because he told me piggybacking a virus you know I mean what are you going to do with a virus mm -hmm. that's it and so he said if I hadn't had the virus it wouldn't be so scary he said that we know that you know viruses are going to mutate um we've already seen it with the COVID you know the right, right. various mutations and uh he said there would be no stopping it and I think that's what people kind of get with the zombies that there would not be a way to stop it yeah it's just an ongoing and but we have seen in the so let's just use the walking dead just because that's an easy example so mm -hmm. these are decomposing bodies so theoretically yeah. at a certain point in time they should all just 
unless you're making new ones, they should all kind of just fall apart and be blobs. Uh But if there's something else that's animating them, that's not quite figured out, it could be preserving the flesh in some way. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know what I think about, okay. A lot of times in movies and everything, you know, you'll have your, um, lady in the bath robe um you know little kid with a teddy bear whatever and my thoughts on those are okay yes yeah, something's keeping them going but what about their feet and that's mm. why I've always always added that in to books or, or anything about a zombie that their feet are are just down to the bone Ah. because there's no way that flesh could keep going, you know, with asphalt or, you know, just whatever. That's a great point. That's definitely something that tends to be overlooked. If you're dragging your feet over and over Uh again, they would basically, right. They would, I mean, they would kind of fall apart. Exactly. And so that, that's always been my thought that not worried about whether they decompose or not, but they would definitely at some point not be able to walk. Yeah, so it'd just be a bunch of zombies dragging themselves, which we do sometimes see in the zombie film, but that's not as frightening. <laughs> just kind of a, but in some ways it is though, just these they're just kind of blobs everywhere. That that's kind of awful too. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, that's what I've tried to do. And uh, you know, hmm. I've tried to be realistic with something, you know, like that, you know, with thinking about the feet and uh in uh, one book of my series, um, it's actually transmitted sexually because I thought, well, you know, if you're bitten and it would transmit, I mean, as far as I can think. Right. So, you know. Right. Yeah. There, that, that's brings scary. Up, that brings up a whole realm of erotic zombie fiction, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I need to get into that. No. <laughs> That would be a very niche audience, I would say. Yeah, I'd probably sell one book. So, yeah. That's it. Well, it's almost as if so for those who would want to maybe perpetuate the zombies, you just put a bunch of boots on their feet and then they would be able to be more powerful. Uh, oh, yeah. Like if you're testing it for bioterrorism or something. Yep. Or like in in Walking Dead, they're the the whisperers, the ones who herd up the zombies and use them, they would be good candidates for putting boots on their zombies' feet. Yeah, that see, because you don't want to wear the feet. Yeah. Yeah. See, that just gives me the creeps right there. Yeah, well, it's a it's a great point. Obviously, so for fiction, it's like creative license, but paying attention to those things. So I definitely think you drilled down on something that has been overlooked. Another thing, of course, is all right, so these zombies want to eat. Originally, it was brains, then it was just the whole body or whatever. So the question is, if their digestive system doesn't work, does it just kind of drop in there? Like, what's the point? <laughs> okay, that's really funny because I addressed that in my series Ooh. as well. And it just kind of, yeah, it was digested and it went through. And so they, they just soil themselves and you know over and over and over and I used uh, you know that parts of them would be decaying and then 
that. And so I really played up the stench mm. of these things. That's I a mean, great point. Yes. I mean, yeah, I had these these zombies just like pop up two feet away from a character. I mean, you would, oh, I guess not everybody smelled the dead body, but you never forget it. And it is horrific. And then you add all that other, how, you'd, you'd smell them yeah. way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the world I mean, of a zombie apocalypse would smell horrible all the time. That would be front and center. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that was what bugged me about the whispers because I thought, hmm. I, I don't know any person that could handle that kind of stench. It's 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 uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, they would have to do what the coroners do, put that smelling salts or whatever it is not smelling salts but they put Vicks. some sort of yeah Vicks. right under their nose yeah and then they don't do that in for the whispers so that's a really good point yeah and you have to put a lot of x because <laughs> oh is that so yeah yeah that you know that's kind of you know when i decided to to write the series i was like you know what i'm, I'm gonna go through and everything that bugs me i'm gonna fix you know, and I probably messed up a lot of things. People go, yeah, I need to fix what she wrote. <laughs> That's cool, though. I like that you address that. What is the name of the series? Um, it's the Z is for zombie series, and it begins with George's terms. And uh, there's nine books in the series. Cool. That's yeah. Awesome. And then I have another one, Smooth, that's a whole different world. And uh, because I was so tired after nine books, I said, I've got to let my people go, <laughs> you know, and then I waited a couple of years and then I said, you know what, I want to write, write something different. So I decided um, to um, go with, with that. I was listening to, um, I was driving from Dallas to Texarkana while well, my husband was driving and I was listening to um, the song with, uh, Rob Thomas and Santana, smooth, great song. And uh, I thought, well, what if everybody went smooth? And I thought, well, why would they go smooth? And I hmm. thought, hmm, the rain. And that led me to uh, one night at midnight. And, and I wrote the whole book right there in my head on the way, by the way. Hmm. And uh, I ended up um, in my Jeep, um, pretending like I had a broken leg and trying to figure out how to climb out of the Jeep and to get on top without getting wet. <laughs> and so I, I was just like hanging out. I tried and tried and tried. And my family was like, what? Never mind. We don't want to know. <laughs> That's great. And it's impossible, by the way. <laughs> okay. All right. Makes sense. I tried. But uh, yeah, and, and I'm going to have a, another zombie novella in between good yeah i don't think zombies are done i mean perhaps they've been a little oversaturated for a little while but i think there's plenty of room for zombie stuff because of all the reasons why they resonate with our psyche but i think just on the physical level it's a way to <laughs> to get out your aggression of killing humans without mm -hmm. having to kill actual humans and i think that's always going to appeal that's why the video games are so popular you know i mean th there's plenty of video games where you kill humans but the, the killing zombies you get to take 
perfect joy and pleasure in it without any of the real guilt of killing, say, enemy soldiers who are still human beings. Yeah, you know, uh, a question that everybody has always asked me was, um, in a zombie apocalypse, what would your role be? And mm -hmm. immediately I'm sniper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, boom. I, I, no doubt there. That's exactly what I would be. <laughs> it's an important role. Definitely. Yeah. You got to have that skill. Definitely have that skill developed. I think I would just develop the skill of creating a bunch of hidey places because I'm always wondering. It's like, oh, the zombie breaks in the front door again. It's like, well, get on the second floor, tear out the <laughs> fucking stairs, and they, yes! can't get, they can't climb. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you can use your brain, <laughs> you know, I mean, you can think up things. You know? but, so, okay, I'm, I'm with you. So get us to the second floor and I'll snipe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> out the window. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's, that's the way to do it. But maybe it's a commentary on how we humans don't always make the choices in our best interest. And we do overlook the most obvious things whether in panic or who knows why so maybe that's all a commentary on just humans making bad decisions even when there's a way out we still manage to screw things up for ourselves but that's humans i mean yeah you know we're all screwy so you know it's like i, I you know i don't know i mean you know people get together in those groups and i'm thinking i wouldn't trust that person in my group that person's gonna mess up mm -hmm. you know so I'd be like, yeah, okay, you need to try out for my group. <laughs> no, exactly. You know, I, I don't want somebody that's going to stand and go, ah, ah, ah. go but, away. But I do think the thing that's brought up in a lot of the films and books is that, yeah, it ends up being the human problem after a while that the zombies, I, I feel like in a lot of those films and books, the zombies even become... They become the setting, right? They're the static mm -hmm. setting. They're not even as important as, no, it's these awful human beings or even versus ourselves. We're devolving. We're becoming like those zombies. We're starting to do some horrible things and we have to save ourselves from, you know, say what you will about The Walking Dead. And I, I think a lot of the critique is, is valid. It still does investigate those themes, which I do appreciate. And, and I, I was a big Walking Dead fan for several seasons and really enjoyed it. And um, I think it was uh, uh, when uh, mm -hmm, uh, the guy that started it writing. Um, oh, I don't uh, remember his name. It, it, I mean, Nick Otero? Was, no, not Nick. No, the other no, it, no it was. Um, oh, I can't. Damn, I can't remember her name. The original, you know, um, uh, writer and everything, and he was the one who wrote the character of Daryl, and and he uh, uh, Robert Kirkman. Yeah, no, no, Kirkman and I don't get along. Oh, okay. I, don't, I just looked it up uh, online. That's the only one. It, it's the very first, uh, the very like the very first one. Hmm. It uh, would be uh, that guy, that guy that you know that that originated it okay. I, you know i thought i thought it was some really uh tight writing it was i mm. thought it was really well done and then i i went and eh. it just you, you know when i watch anything zombie and i think okay this is on my nerves i would have already killed that one that one and that one and i mean live people yeah 
done through with it. Yeah, I hear that. Well, the the difficulty is stretching out those many seasons. So you had to contend with that in nine books. So that's quite a feat. How how were you able to keep it keep it lively, so to speak? Um, I'm, I'm a character person, and so I had a, a real strong character base. Mm-hmm. And so you know, um, you know, one book uh, kind of went off on you know what was happening with this you know character and uh you know pull it together and um i had them moving around a little bit um things like that uh, i think the movement helped because hmm. um it started off in texarkana and then you know they uh moved uh uh to another place and another place that ended up um uh, down in the um, close to the ocean, and of mm. course, a hurricane came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll run it, you know, for anybody. But you know, so that was an act of nature that finally, you know, got them. But um, the traveling part, you know, it makes it really easy, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, to to carry that on. And I had a strong character base, and um, right, you that's know, always then, the key. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I just, I, I had to let them all go because I thought I could write this for the next 10 books, but I want to, I wanted to try different subgenres, you know, and I just, you know, and eventually I got back to my true crime, which I, I love. So, sure. But that, you know, I was able to start with that because that was that zombie wave uh, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. and that that was the thing is catch that wave yeah well that's great timing and that's cool that you did so many books and i think yeah the fact that you had to move around i think that's the limits of walking dead is they're still in this same area and they're like oh there's more so somehow all the bad guys keep appearing in that same area it's like well then go fucking somewhere else if this <laughs> area keeps having all these pieces of shit like cults or whatever come on uh, yeah i mean you know, and it doesn't have to be that way because I didn't have, I mean, like, yeah, I had some bad people, you know, here and there, but uh, one big thing I did was the school bus that was transporting all the people, uh, I can't even remember, somehow they ran off the road into a rising creek. Hmm. And again, that was an act of nature, but it's something that could very well happen. Very sure. Yeah. Yeah, instead of having uh, the you know the bad people, but I did I did have some really bad people that um, were into um, crucifying uh, some of my main characters, and it was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. That's that does yeah. sound frightening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that scared me, and I had the um, uh, you know, the bad people with this bad kid involved i mean you know so, so you know i did some of that but you know a lot of times it was just a few bad humans it wasn't a lot of cults or you know whatever yeah that's probably more realistic but to make these bigger than life entities I, I, you know because i think because walking dead came from comic books so in comic books everything is sort of over the top like that but yeah i think just your individual people and roving 
marauders would be a real problem. I also think the other aspect, well, the, the travel piece, I think is, is a really good point. And that's why World War Z, the book was so good because it took place in all these different localities. Yeah. So that, but then there was many of the same things, but how it played out in different places like North Korea and Israel. And, and I thought that was fascinating. But another thing is, so the zombies always come with our systems breaking down. And when the systems break down, little things become a big deal, which sometimes they get into. And sometimes I'm always thinking about how they're out there swinging all these swords. And I'm like, some of you are going to hurt your back and there's not going to be anyone to help. You know, you're just going to be out of commission because there's no chiropractors anymore. So I yeah. think about stuff and, and COVID was, a you know, in a millionth of a zombie apocalypse, but still it's like the idea of, oh, maybe the doctor is, isn't going to be available. Just that little taste. I think that's a real central aspect to the zombie apocalypse, not just the zombies, but that they're taking out all of these elements of society that we depend on. Well, our, our uh, we wouldn't um, have our vaccines, you know, polio, um, you know, measles you know get measles might die you know so yeah i mean just that's something we take for granted but if you remove that i mean yeah who's going to take care of you who's going to fix your back who's going to you know anything and okay this is another thing <laughs> maybe you can help me here i don't know but how come um like during these shows or movies or whatever, some people have glasses and if they lost their glasses and they can't see, <laughs> why, why don't we have people that, you know, literally can't see if they've lost their glasses. Right. They would be just wandering around <laughs> blind. It's true. Yeah. They do. They definitely leave a lot of that out. And for writers, I think those are the details I think that are actually most interesting. Just those little things that like, Oh, now, He's our best fighter, but he can't see two feet in front of his face now. Right, right. Yeah, your glasses fall off. You, it's like uh, the Twilight Zone movie yeah. where the, the guy, you know, the guy that liked to read, all of a sudden he couldn't see. Yep, I I had, mean, yeah, the one he, I had so much time or whatever it was. Yeah, yes. sit there, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a valid, it's a valid point. And that's how dependent we are in aspects of our civilization. A lot of us maybe sometimes are like, ah, tear it down. I, I know I think that sometimes, but it's like, well, not so fast. There, there are certain things that we, we kind of need and, and almost like the zombies are the, the catalyst for just removing that veneer uh -huh. of civilization, which, you know, it'd be nice. Yeah, maybe going back to hunter-gatherer time, you know, I, I would give that a try, but that's not what it would be. It would be a wasteland of some limbo and it wouldn't be pleasant. And, I, and I, I firmly believe, I've argued this with people up and down, I truly believe there would be quite a bit of cannibalism. <laughs> yes. And it's funnily enough, that was, uh, well, it will be two episodes prior to this one on cannibalism. So uh, check out, check out the I cannibalism. I will have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I used to uh, have my broadcast, they would call me the cannibal queen because no matter what, I was like, you know, that reminds me of cannibalism. Yep. And that always, and that always comes into play, right? In the zombie world. It's like, we're the group that eats humans. You know, they're the group that eats humans. We're the ones who don't. That's what keeps us the good guys. Uh, yeah. But how good are they really, you know? It's true. No, it's true. And, and I think all those questions are, are real valid. I, I have one more before, before I let you go. So the idea I think about it's like, all right, so 
these let's assume that zombie is a virus and a virus wants to perpetuate itself right so but when a zombie gets a hold of a person typically it's it's it will eat it to to pieces so well first of all i mean what you know why why is there not just like the the scraps of that human like if if you are the food for the zombie it seems like so you don't survive because you've been torn up enough but if you just get bitten a little obviously you survive so so it might be that the mechanism of that virus is to make the vi- make the zombies slow and not that good at killing so most of what they do is just kind of bite you a little bit so you survive and you perpetuate just the way like covid is so successful even though it does kill people, obviously, and, and harm a lot of people, it's so successful because it's it's more transmissible and not as deadly. That's the, you know, the deadly SARS from years ago, that gets stopped because guess what? The carrier dies very quickly and doesn't spread it. So what do you think about that analogy? Um, I, I kind of uh, made my own rule. Mm-hmm. I was... Um, when the heartbeat stopped, um, my zombies were through eating. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I like that. I, 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 I mean, it was kind of a cheat, you know, for me to have that. No, that it's good. I, no, it's, it's an actual rule that addresses that ambiguity. I think that's good. Yeah. Because you never see a zombie walking by and going, Oh, there's a dead person. I think I'll eat. They don't do that. Right. They're not scavengers. They are uh-huh. hunters. Right. And there are certain yeah. animals in the animal kingdom that will only eat living creatures. They, they're they not attracted to dead corpses. Uh-huh. And that's kind of what I think is that they maybe they can hear the heartbeat They're They sense the heartbeat, uh, you know, to know the difference between living and dead. And I don't think they they want to eat the dead. They want to eat the living. Yeah, that's a that's a really cool point. I'm gonna have to ponder that. Well, to thank you so much for coming on. I'm just curious, what are you working on now? And remind people where they can find your work, Kat. Okay. Well, you anybody can find me at catd.com. Uh, it's c-a-t-t-d.com. Very easy. And I am about to direct my first movie next weekend. Wow. I know I, I've written five screenplays, so this is my first direction. And I'm just I'm I'm really excited. The producers are great, and uh, it's uh, pin up zombies. See, it fits right in. Uh, pin up zombies. Oh, that sounds cool. Of it, yeah, and it is a fun girl power zombie movie. It's gonna be great. Right. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'll definitely check it out when it comes out. So thanks, Kat, so much for coming on and enlightening us on the zombie world. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Of course. Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's Worst Nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg, survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great and sometimes disturbing weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshsworstnightmare.com where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, 
including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Moline, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback, hardcover, or ebook at Amazon, Godless.com, or Josh'sWorstNightmare.com. Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg.